welcome back to the Vintage Podcast. Uh, my name is Lena Norms and I am here with Diana Evans uh, this very bright morning. And um, at midnight this morning, we found out that Diana Evans' uh, book, Ordinary People, is on the shortlist for the Women's Prize for Fiction. So thank you so much for being here this morning, Diana. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. How are you feeling? I'm ecstatic. Yeah, yeah did you stay up really at midnight? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, when they were going to announce the long list, I I was determined to just go to bed and, mm. and not stay up. But then I ended up waking up at about two in the morning just to check who else was on the long list. <laughs> yeah, just to be this like, time oh. I didn't do that. I just just slept right through and didn't actually check anything until about until I was dressed and ready, yeah. until I was ready for it, you know. That's very zen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. very impressed the kind of self-control. I think I'd be constantly refreshing Twitter, like, what do people say? Um, so anyway, it's huge, and, and huge congratulations on the book. It's absolutely incredible. Um, Thank you. Your debut novel, so this is your third novel. It is, um, yes. Your debut novel, 26A, won awards, including the Orange Award for New Writers. Yes. Uh, how does this feel, like, kind of deeper into your incredible writing career and being shortlisted for the Women's Prize? How does it feel? I just feel really happy about the whole thing because this book would, took a very, very long time and um, it's it's hard to know what's going to happen with a book. And when I'm writing a book, I just commit myself to the project and I just see it through no matter what happens. So, And I never really expect um, much from it. So um, it's been quite overwhelming for, for it to get such a warm reception. Yeah. And also I've never been on the the list for the main women's prize before so as you said I won the orange award for new writers which is the little women's prize they call it the satsuma um, <laughs> so uh, and it feels quite significant to be on on the main the big women's prize yeah. especially on the short list I really couldn't ask for more I'm just over the moon about it all yeah and I suppose because you've spent so long with the book so how long did it take you to write it took seven it? years wow <laughs> yeah long time yeah so it's so like personally yours and now you've like shared it with the world and, and they love it which is yeah which is great news um, yeah I um, loved it too as I, was, as I was writing it I thought um, I had a really good time writing it I had a lot of fun because there's lots of funny moments and there's lots of music in it yeah. and so it was quite entertaining for me um the process of writing it and um you know, thankfully, it's entertaining for other people as well. Yeah, definitely. So I've, I've managed to kind of uh, to um, transfer what I was experiencing to everyone else, which yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, for our listeners who don't already know, can you tell us a little bit about the premise of Ordinary People, where it begins? Okay, well, it's about two London couples having a tumultuous year. Um, one of them, Melissa and Michael, have just moved into a new house in South London, and they also have a new baby. And the other couple... Stephanie and Damien have moved out of London altogether to the suburbs of Dorking in Surrey and uh, they're dealing with the death of Damien's father which he's had an, a complex reaction to and um, it's set in 2008-2009 opens with a party celebrating the election of Barack Obama so it's it's a portrait of the, the black British middle class it's also a portrait of London and um, and it's about how these two couples psychologies and, and everyday lives become entangled over the course of, of the year. It's also a very musical book, it's got a soundtrack to go with it and uh, Melissa and Michael's house may or may not be haunted so there's a supernatural dimension to it as well. Yeah, the kind of like magical realism aspect is really yeah, interesting. Yeah, I love I all that. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this. Um, <laughs> music's so um, woven into the book, you've got like John Legend in there and, and Michael Jackson. Um, how did you, did you listen to music while you were writing the book? Because it feels very like almost musical it has like a kind of like rhythm to it that's no, I, to, I, I can't write to music I have to write in complete silence 
Sometimes I even wear earplugs just to block out the sound of the air. <laughs> um, air is very irritating. Uh, air, is, air can be very loud when you're really trying to concentrate. Um, but I always listen to music after I've been writing, especially if I've been writing for, for a long time or I've been um, having a difficult session. Music kind of uh, loosens, loosens my brain. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I was listening to a lot of music and while I was writing the book and it developed its own kind of soundtrack. So there were particular artists and particular songs that would come on and that would make me feel really connected to the book, such mm. as John Legend songs and... Um, tiny temper songs because he he's he's encapsulated something about London his sound, and also Michael Jackson was um was a big connection as well. So yeah, it's a very musical okay. book. It's a different kind of musical, I think, of it. Yeah, um, and I I love that. So the the book kind of opens with this party where this kind of like everything's kind of humming and because Barack Obama has just been elected president. Yeah. Um, which is like so weird. That it's actually quite a while ago now. It's like wow. Yeah. Um, that's time. gonna be like a moment in time that people like do GCSEs about. Um, yeah. yeah, it does. Um, and and you um was it twenty six A that was book ended with. Um, the royal wedding, and then yes. um, Princess Diana. Um, ha- like, uh, what? What? Oh, yeah, when you yeah. kind of go into like setting these kind of an in inverted commas ordinary um, stories against these kind of like, these huge world moments, like, what does that mean for you? Like, how, why do you make that kind of decision to to juxtapose the big with the small? Because I'm usually writing about well the lives of ordinary people, yeah. and. Um, and you know the the normal things that we go through these kind of universal um human experiences that we have and i find that um when i use a kind of cultural moments or iconography it it gives the the characters and the story more of a grounding in mm. in reality um and also i'm i'm very kind of um i'm always consuming culture and and music and books and films so it feels like a very natural part of um of life to me and uh and I think you can also say more about your characters if you um if you use an example from something that's much bigger than them and you can sort of universalize their psychologies and their experiences and and um and you also kind of give them a, histor- a historical placing as well, which yeah. is really important too. Yeah, no, I'm glad you said that because I, I kind of didn't realise till I was reading it. I was like, oh, I, I hardly ever like, you know, characters so often exist in the abstract or they don't, you yeah. know, and, and real people don't have that. There is al- al- always that news cycle that's going on in the background, like kind of things that affect how you how you think about stuff and that. So that really yeah. made them come alive for me. So thank you. Yeah. Exactly. Um, are there any um, writers that have? Um, inspired you to write is there anyone particularly that you can be like that person or is oh, it God, that's, there's that's so many <laughs> um, what, Leo Tolstoy is one of my favourite writers mm. and he um, he really um, influenced ordinary people in especially with, with the party that opens at the beginning because yeah. I was I just read War and Peace and, and um, so yeah he's one and I also really like John Updike's work and uh, Richard Yates and James Salter uh, those American writers of the the fifties, sixties really speak to me. Yeah, and there's a lot of um, Updike influence in ordinary people as well. Yeah, uh, and I love Toni Morrison. Al- Alice Walker was one of my my first loves, and I read I read a lot of poetry. I love Derek Walcott and Pablo Neruda. I, I mean, there isn't one 
writer. Yeah, really I could go on all day about yeah. <laughs> all the other writers. I love Ali Smith, Grace yeah. Paley, um, Lucia Berlin. There's so many. Writing is like food. Yeah, me, and I like to taste all different things. Yeah, <laughs> so different things. a balanced diet. <laughs> exactly. Of books, I like that. Yeah. Um, in the book, motherhood is is one of the aspects that you kind of like um, play with and discuss in it, and its effect on a woman's identity. And um, what made you want to include that? And do you, do you often see that in books? Because I I you know sporadically spot it in books, but it doesn't always seem like something that's really represented. So. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think there's lots of of books about the experience of motherhood, um, especially non nonfiction books, uh, and there's lots of books written by men that talk about um, sort of parenting and and marriage and um, the impact of of um, parenting on a marriage. Mm. But I I couldn't really see a lot of books by by women about those things that also included the wider picture, like the male point of view, and also um, a, a geographical picture of, of a place, a very vivid mm-hmm. sense of place. And So I wanted to write that kind of novel. And um, I'd, I I have kids myself, and I've, I found the experience of motherhood so totally e- extreme. And um, that's what always brings me to writing is the experience of something that's very very extreme and almost can't be contained within Mm. and I need to put it out um, somewhere else to write it down and um, I wanted to write specifically about the the imbalance in our society that still exists in relation to motherhood and parenting I think there's still a real emphasis on the woman being the primary care I think that idea is so entrenched deeply into our society and the infrastructure and I wanted to write about um, the impact that that can have on a relationship between a man and a woman who, who you know how do we negotiate parenting in this um, in our contemporary society how do we uh, you know disentangle ourselves from the, these old tropes and old ideas it's very difficult yeah. also made me very angry and anger is always something <laughs> that makes you want to write as well <laughs> that'll put ink in your pen <laughs> a bit of anger um, exactly. so also the book is set uh, in kind of south east London and for those who know London well and particularly the south east like a lot of those places are going to look familiar yeah. um, wh- what made you want to set it there and how much did that impact how the story was do you think like place played a part in how it was written and yeah, I I feel like South South London doesn't get a lot of attention in in our fiction in mm. in literary fiction, and so it's kind of a love story to South London, and and also I I mean I'm I'm very much um, I the way I write it's almost like painting. Um, I'm I'm very aware of my surroundings all the time. And I like to kind of describe things. I love description. Mm. Um, so London has always been my my canvas, and my my first book was set in Northwest London, where I'm from, and then my second book was set in West London, and um, and now I've I've lived for many years in South London, so my fiction seems to be following me around London. <laughs> where are you um, going to move next? <laughs> yeah, probably East London. <laughs> no, East is the only part of London that I haven't lived before. Mm. Um, and actually, my a future novel is going to be set in East London. But yeah, when I, I South London is is so it's, it's such an interesting place. You know, the, the history. I was really fascinated by the story of the Crystal Palace and and how it was moved from Hyde Park down to South London. Mm. And the Crystal Palace actually becomes a metaphor in in the book for a deterioration a t- deterioration of a relationship. So. Yeah. Um, 
yeah so that was that was yeah. really and on the hardback cover it's kind of got a bit of crystal palace on it hasn't it and a bit of like the kind of maps yeah that maps yeah it has it. Really and those red towers yeah i love really those clever. towers yeah um one more question this is this is my selfish one because i want to know what you're going to be reading over the summer so i can copy because <laughs> i always feel like authors have a great <laughs> idea of like you know like good good books that are around things that they want to read yeah is there anything that you want you want to get reading um as well, we I feel forward. like I should read the whole of the Women's Prize long list. <laughs> You've got homework now. <laughs> it's a prescribed list. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I've only read one or two of them. Um, mm. So I'll probably start with that. I've got a book of short stories by Laurie Moore that's been waiting by my, my bedside mm, for yeah. about two years. <laughs> and I've been dipping in and out of it. And I really want to, to sit down and just devour that because I love her writing. Yeah. Um, I definitely want to read Milkman. And um, I'd like to read a Bushy Machetta book called The Joys of Motherhood, which I oh, haven't I read yet. I've heard about that, yeah. Yeah, and there's mm. the, the Sea, the Sea, Iris Murdoch, which I still haven't read. We mean to for years yeah we're publishing we're republishing loads of iris murdoch stuff actually this are you yeah yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. with new covers and everyone so i'm i want to read some as well because i feel like everybody else in the vintage office has read some and i haven't yeah so yeah i, so I feel like it's high time i got around to reading her well thank you so much diana for coming in to speak to us on this very busy and jubilant day <laughs> that you've got you. ahead of you uh, and I look forward to celebrating um yeah everything that's coming for you (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for listening to the vintage podcast that was diana evans talking about ordinary people have you read it yet if not i would highly recommend it as your next read Uh, is anybody reading their way through the women's fiction um, prize list the shortlist um, do let us know at vintage books on twitter and instagram we're always up for nattering about books there Uh, i've been lena norms and until next time 